You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today we are looking at some buy low players, players who over the last couple of weeks Their numbers have been lagging a little bit, and the person that has them on their fantasy team might be a little bit frustrated, so you might be able to pry them away at a cheaper price tag. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. Let's get to it indeed. And the first name on this list, if you're watching the video, you can see the name. You're going, Josh, what are you talking about? Why is Ja Morant a buy low player? And I'll tell you why. It's because over the last two weeks, he's the 203rd ranked player. He's playing just 26 minutes a night, 17 points with six assists, 41% from the field. He has not blocked one single shot. He's had two steals over that time, which is really deflating his value. He's hitting under a three a game and under three rebounds. So while he might have the spectacular numbers, he has the game-winning shots. He'll have the occasional big game. Overall, his play hasn't been that good. 33% usage is strong. Under 50% true shooting is the opposite of strong. He's not hitting free throws, and that ranking doesn't, uh, doesn't bode well in terms of his current performance. Now, I don't think that he's anywhere near a drop or anything along those lines, but you have to look at who has him in your league and just see. See if you can get him for your worst and second worst player or your, your 10th and 11th best player. He'll be better than this. I think he'll be a top 50 player you know, from January to February onwards. The uh, steals, I think, will come up. I, I think we'll get more scoring, and the minutes will start to be increased, the three-point volume. But that with the 17 points, it always looks good on the surface. Six and a half assists looks good, and there's nothing else around it. And that is all those things you know, factor into fantasy contributions and fantasy ranks. And over those last six games, Morant's numbers have been down. That's inarguable. Whether the uh, the manager that has him on their team you know, thinks that or is worried or is panicking, and as I you know, consistently stress, and I want you guys not to be like this, is that people overreact to recency, to one game. Oh, one game, that was shit, get rid of him. Like having Getting rid of that mentality when thinking six games is you know, less than 10% of the season, we've got a lot, lot of the time to go and a lot of things that can change here in these numbers. And I think a lot of these things will change here with Morant hitting just 42% of his twos over that time. That makes him an interesting buy low option. The next guy I've got to talk about is DeJounte Murray. Now, Murray has not been great over these last couple of games, over his last seven, he's the 184th ranked player. He's scoring just eight points per game and playing only 22 minutes a night. Um, I had my concerns about him at the start of the year when he was shooting like 58% from the field. Well, that's not going to stick. Well, it hasn't. He's down at under 42% from the field. Uh, only 0.6 steals, 0.1 blocks. The, the, the rebounds are still good. The assists are still pretty strong, but it's those minutes that are concerning and the lack of defensive numbers that have dropped him way outside that top 150. People are getting frustrated with the minutes, with the way the Spurs are playing, with his lack of production as well after that hot start. Again, like Morant, he's not a drop, but when public opinion and fantasy public opinion changes and switches on a player, that's your time to pounce. If you were looking to get Murray earlier in the season, you would have had to give up a top 50 player. Now you don't. Maybe you don't even have to give up a top 100 guy. And I do think he'll be better than this, and he'll be back inside the top 100 at no in no time. And those steals were, will obviously come back up. He's only had, um, what, like five steals over the last seven games. Nowhere near enough to maintain the value that, that we expect from Murray. And steals 
and blocks, they're the two categories that have such huge influences. When they vary, the rankings can change 20, 30 spots uh, in short-term type numbers. So Murray's numbers are heavily influenced by those lack of steals during that time frame. This guy continually is on this list, and I'll keep saying it because I think he's going to be better. Mike Conley, the 160th ranked player over the last two weeks. The minutes are fine, 33 a night, 17.5 points is okay. The assists at 4.3, maybe they get better, but not significantly. He's never going to be an 8-assist guy, but he never was an 8-assist guy, even back in Memphis. What we're expecting to happen is the 70% he's hitting from the free throw line, that will change. The 40% he's hitting from the field, that will change. They are two big numbers that he can get back to 80, 82 from the line, 45, 46 from the field. These are all very, very easily within the range of the uh, abilities of Mike Conley. Those things come back, and then you go from 160 if you go back into the top 80, like pretty easily. So while it's been a prolonged frustration for Conley so far this season, there's no doubt about that, uh, anyone who's stuck fat with him through this time will be getting frustrated that it's not coming around. But I buy that Conley is not a horrible shooter. Like true shooting of, uh, what is he, 52% over these last six games is not an indication, or even over the course of the season, is not an indication of who Conley Conley is as a player. So there is some significant room for him to improve over that time. The next guy, Kelly Oubre, he's been wildly inconsistent. 155th over the last two weeks. Only the 29 minutes a game, 16 points, uh, five rebounds, 1.6 assists. And this is something that I, I did stress about Oubre in the offseason and talked about him at the start of the season. His numbers at the end of last season, they were wildly influenced by sky-high steal and block numbers. Over the last five games, 0.8 steals and 0.6 blocks. Therefore, he's outside the top 150. He's shooting 46 from the field. It's okay. 72 from the line. Again, that's okay. Room to improve. He's at 27% from three. Now, why you say, well, that's going to improve? Maybe it doesn't. He was a pretty good three-point shooter at times last year, but prior to that, he was dreadful. And maybe, just maybe those numbers last year were the fluke. The small sample of him being a good shooter in Phoenix was the fluke, and the rest uh, is sort of where he is. But I think the defensive numbers can come back up. The usage is at 23. That's probably going to stick. But it's those 29 minutes a game that will likely improve from Ubre. I think he still can get back into that top 100 sort of a mix. Over the course of the year, he is the 94th ranked player. So this is just a little bit of a dip. But it is so much heavily tied to those defensive numbers. And when they fall off and those overall rankings do, uh, do drop pretty considerably. Next up, we're looking at the Philadelphia 76ers, and I'm looking at Al Horford, the 128th ranked player over the last two weeks. He's 68th over the season. He's averaging in these last six games 31 minutes, so it's not a minutes problem, but it's 11 points. Six and a half boards, four assists. They're good numbers. Horford getting six and a half rebounds is about normal. Four assists is great. 1.3 steals, fine. 0.8 blocks, low. But his true shooting percentage is 44%. He's hitting 38% from the field on 12 attempts, a disaster. 50% from the line on two attempts, also a disaster. 26% from three, guess what? A disaster. All those three go back up to any, even close to career numbers. And we're talking back to Horford being a top 50, top 60, at worst, a top 70 player, a real downturn in those shooting numbers that is not something that is going to be be sticking as the season goes on. Percentages. Yes. Kristaps Porzingis comes in here as a guy I've got as a buy low player. People will be frustrated by looking at that 118th rank over the last two weeks. He's averaging 17 and 10, and those 10 rebounds, that's a bit of a surprise for uh, for Porzingis. If I could find the drop, I'd play it. Ah, damn it. There it is. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. But, much like Horford, 37% from the field, 
32% from three, only 76% from the line. He should be an 80-plus guy there. He's got 1.7 blocks. That's pretty solid. One assist, you're never getting that out of Porzingis. The usage at 26% is fine. So when those uh, percentages come back up, and he's never going to be a 48% field goal guy. We're all well aware of that. But at 43, 44, hitting 40% of his threes, then he is a, a 20 and 10 guy with almost two blocks. And that's a big jump forward from here, who should be looking at... Look, he's 76th overall from the season. I think he gets significantly better from there and can be a top 50 guy. We just need those shooting numbers to come back around, which often are an issue when you come back from an ACL injury. Speaking of injuries impacting your shooting numbers, let's talk about another tall white guy, Larry Markkinen of the Chicago Bulls, the 116th ranked player over the last two weeks. 31 minutes a night, that's fine. We want a little bit more, but but it's fine. Um, 12 points per game, obviously shitful. Seven rebounds, yeah, look, he could probably do a little bit better there. 0.7 blocks, that's who he is. One steal a game, that's actually better than who he is. But 33% from the field, 29% from three, an abysmal 38% on his two-pointers. I'm telling you, those numbers won't be that bad. Now, you can be frustrated with him. I get it. I understand it because it's been frustrating. He's passive. I have never been as high on this bloke as other people have been. Straight out. The February numbers he put up last year were great. They were unsustainable. His ceiling is capped, but he also is not this bad. Now, he is dealing with an injury. Injuries impact shooting. He's dealing with an oblique issue. If anyone drops him, he is an auto pickup. But for now, with the frustration that fantasy GMs have with marketing, you can get him for nothing. Nothing. Because literally, and I don't know who this was, but there was a comment on him on the Basketball Monster Forums saying, oh, it's, he's been terrible. I just don't see how it gets better. Um, why Why do we keep saying he's a buy low guy? And I wrote, I'm pretty, I'm dead set confident he won't be a 33% shooter from the field. And someone wrote back and said, um, I just don't see how he improves. And if someone has that mentality, if you're a 33% shooter in the league over a course of the season, you're not in the league. Simple as that. He is not a 33% shooter. Now, maybe he's never going to be a 46 guy, but you go from 33 to 49, that's nine percentage points. Hashtag quick maths. Two plus two is four. Minus one, that's three quick maths. It's going to get better. It won't be this bad. And the other thing is, people, look, his usage is low. There's no doubt about that. 19% usage. But you know why his usage is low? Not that Zach Levine hogs... Actually, it is because Zach Levine hogs the shots, but also the shots aren't going in. So if the shots aren't going in, he's less confident to take them. The coach is less confident to run plays for him. There's a really weird, and I wish someone who does more uh, mathematical stuff than, than I do or has more ability to, to pass this data through. There is a thing that when your usage increases, there is a real sweet spot that lower usage often means lower uh, efficiency because your especially when there's a usage drop, it's because your confidence drops, so you're not taking as many shots and the shots aren't going in. And then as that usage, as your percentages increase, your usage will follow. As you get more confidence, you get more plays run for you. But then there's also that sweet spot that when you go over it in terms of usage, because you're just taking so many more shots, your efficiency drops. So there is some sort of sweet spot in the middle there. As market and shot starts to go in, his usage will come up. And then if it goes too far the other way, you'll see the drop back off. But to me, he is a strong buy low who should be able to at least, at least crack the top 70. And he's not there yet. The next guy we talk about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, Gilgis-Alexander is an interesting one for this season. He has uh, exceeded expectations and also failed to live up to expectations in the same breath. He is the 106th ranked player over the last two weeks. He's 98th over the course of the season because outside of his scoring, his numbers have disappeared. He's averaging one steal a game, 2.4 assists, three and a half uh, rebounds over these, five, or these last seven games. 
89 and a half from the line is excellent. Like, fantastic. Not getting there that often, but excellent. 46 from the field, yeah, pretty good. 40% from three, really, really strong. But everything else is bad. Like, that, he is just not getting any of those other numbers. Now, will a Chris Paul trade come at some point? I'm actually doubting that Chris Paul is going to get traded this season. I don't think that's going to be a case, and I'm dead certain that uh, Stephen Adams is not getting traded as well. So... Is Igudis Alexander just going to be stuck in this decently high usage shooting guard role with less playmaking? Yes and no. I do think some of it will improve. I think that we'll get a little bit more of a bump in usage. I think we'll get a little bit more of a bump in steal numbers, which aren't anything to do with usage. So for now, he is a bit of a buy low if people are frustrated with him. Uh, I think he can get better than this. I think he can get back into his, his 90th on the season. He can get back into the top 70, top 60 type discussion. But those lack of peripherals are, are really hurting him at the moment. And the last bloke on the list is Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets, the 65th ranked player. That's obviously not what you want when you picked him number six in the draft. He's a 65th ranked player over the last two weeks, 41st over the season. 30 minutes a night, you want that to bump. 17, 7, and 6, it's fine. 1.2 steals, 0.7 blocks. Blah. Like, they're okay numbers, but I could... 17 points, that can be 20, 21, no worries. Seven rebounds, that can be 10. Six assists, that can be eight. Like there are easy jumps there. 1.2 steals, well, that's fine. That's probably above expectations. 0.7 blocks, it might go to 0.9 blocks and that might seem like nothing, but it's a big deal. 43% from the field, 67% from the line, 22% from three. They are your dog's balls. They are the things that are standing out. Now, people are just sagging off him and letting him shoot threes, and he's not hitting them. He had one year as a 39% three-point shooter. Don't buy that. He's like a 33-34 guy. But he should be much better on his twos, much better overall from the free throw line. There are significant indicators of Jokic getting better. You're not going to be able to switch a 60th-ranked player for him. That's just not going to happen because we know the draft capital that was invested. But he's going to be better than this. So throw a third rounder, throw a fourth rounder, see what you can get back in exchange for Nikola Jokic because he is obviously in a bit of a cold streak at the moment. And to start this season, he just, uh, Big Chungus, is struggling. All right, that'll do it for my buy low episode. I'll be back tomorrow with a sell high episode. So tune into that. And of course, my usual recap of all of the action from Tuesday, including Carmelo Anthony's Portland debut. Follow me on Twitter at RedRock underscore Beeble, Instagram Locked on Fantasy Basketball, and subscribe. Subscribe to share this podcast. Subscribe once, unsubscribe, go and subscribe again. Boost those metrics over on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, tell your family, steal their phones, steal their computers. Post it everywhere. Tell everybody to subscribe and do the same on YouTube as well. Even if you're not uh, not watching on YouTube, go and uh, just subscribe. Hit a thumbs up on a video and help me get this out to more people. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.